that endures forever and ever and ever. And Lord, as we gather around your word today, thank you for this privilege and opportunity, Lord, to look at, believe, and act upon your precious, holy, written word. Thank you that it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you for revelation of your word, illustrations of your word, and impartations of the Holy Ghost that enable us to walk up what we have heard and we'll be careful to give you the glory, honor, and praise for all good things. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It's good to see you. Here we are, we're in a healing class, so turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. The scripture that you may be familiar with if you've been around here a while. Verse 15, James chapter 5, verse number 15. And the prayer of faith shall save which means heal the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. James chapter 5 verse 15. And the prayer of faith shall, which means absolutely will, heal, save the sick. Now that word save, it's got heal in there. And the Lord shall, which means absolutely, raise him up. And if he have committed sins, or if there's any sin in connection with sickness, sometimes there can be, but that don't mean there is. So don't go fishing for something if there's not nothing there. Sometimes you can just be attacked because it's your time to be attacked and the devil doesn't give up on somebody else and he's coming to you. You know what I mean? So... But he says, if he have committed sins, what will happen? They shall be forgiven him. James 5, 15. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. This all makes sense in just a minute. 1 Peter 5, I mean chapter 2, verse 24. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. The Bible says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body to the tree, or on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were, past tense, healed. So in the mind of God, I'm already healed. In the mind of God, you are already healed. We are trying to get our healing. God has already given us our healing. We are trying to get our healing when God has already given us our healing. Isn't that right? It's my job to believe that I am healed. Because of something God did. I don't have to go obtain it in a sense. There's a, there's a balance to that. Uh, but because God has already done it. He wants me to believe that I am healed. This is a, a picture of redemption. When you see 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it talks about what happened not only in the natural but in the spiritual, but also the natural by his stripes we were healed. Turn to Matthew chapter 8. <clears throat> Another scripture you, you're familiar with. These are good scriptures right here. If you want to meditate on them for healing, uh, these, these scriptures that I'm giving you this, this afternoon, and it's not going to be very many of them, but th- just this is a good composite of healing in the Bible in the New and Old Testament. We've started in the New Testament, and we're just moving along here. 
in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. It says, When the evening was come, or even, it says, but it means evening, they brought unto him Jesus, many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word. We talked about casting out devils this morning. And healed all that were sick. How many? All. So if you're sick, he wants you healed. He healed all that were sick. Why? That it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by Isaiah, which means Isaiah the prophet, saying, this is what God said Jesus would do when he come. Himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. So just like Jesus took our sins, he also took our sicknesses, he took our infirmities, he took our weaknesses upon himself. Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. Turn to Isaiah chapter 53. Unstick the pages of there. You'll find it over there. Isaiah chapter 53. <clears throat> Unstick them pages. You'll find them. Let's read another scripture. Notice these are all relating to healing. Physical healing in our physical body. Isaiah chapter 53 verse number 4. I believe it is. It says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Notice it doesn't say we're going to be healed. It says that we're healed. Thank you for your enthusiasm. And this is a, a favorite of mine, Psalms 103. Can you find the book of Psalms? I've referred to this often, and I like it. Psalms 103. We'll start reading in verse number 1. Psalms chapter 103, verse number 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Notice why you're praising Him. Begin to remember what He's done for you. What did He do? Verse 3. Who forgiveth. All thine iniquities, which means sins, and who does what else? Who healeth all thy diseases. Woo-wee! So not only does it forgive you, he heals you too. We're healed. And I know you couldn't wait to get to this scripture, because you probably hadn't turned back here in a while. I don't know. If you've been hanging around Dr. Chip, you might have been here. Turn to Exodus chapter 15. Knock the dust off that page. Exodus chapter 15, verse number what? 26. 26. See, she's been signed up for this class. Exodus, oh, she circled it. Oh, yeah, he's been drilling it into people. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put or allow none of these diseases upon thee, which I have permitted or brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Woo-wee! Notice this, healing already belongs to us. By his stripes ye were healed. Isn't that right? The prayer of faith shall heal or save the sick. Isn't that what it says? With his stripes, we are healed. 
Forget not all his benefits, who healeth all our diseases. Then he said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. It seems to be, in my humble opinion, that the greatest quest of the born-again Christian is to get into the arena of faith. Because faith is believing that you have something that has not yet manifested itself in the physical world that you're in. For instance, let's break it down to this. If you need healing in your physical body, because we're talking about healing here this afternoon, healing your body, and you don't sense the healing, don't see no evidence of that healing, the way to obtain that healing and get into that arena of faith is to believe that you are healed whoo, by His stripes while the symptoms persist, while the evidence is still there. And that's what our minds sometimes cannot comprehend. It's hard for our mind to believe that we have something when we have no evidence of it. Isn't that right? So to get into the arena of faith, there is what I call the good fight of faith. Because the Bible talks about it in 1 Timothy, I think, chapter 6, verse number 12. Isn't that right? Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. There's a fight to getting into the arena of faith. And in fact, the enemy will fight you for what belongs to you. It's not God keeping it from us. It's the enemy trying to keep it, keeping us away from doing what we should do. If there's no fight in us, the fight of faith, to get into that arena of faith, to believe that I have it right now, regardless of what it seems, regardless of what I feel like, regardless of what the doctor says, and we thank God for doctors, thank God for medicine, but I've got to believe, according to the Bible, I need to believe that I have received my healing while the evidence is contrary against it in my physical body. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Nobody dancing, nobody shouting. Healing will always come to the person that does that. Will always come. However, not immediately. And a lot of times we want the instantaneous healing. And thank God for miracles that happen instantaneously. But there's got to be a fight in us to fight for what belongs to us. There's got to be a fight in me. You know what I mean? Not in the sense that I'm fighting God. But I'm telling the devil, you're not going to keep this away from me. It's already mine. I don't have to go get it. It's mine now. It's mine now. Why? Because of what Jesus done, by his stripes, I am already healed. I'm here to tell you, I'm healed from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. The healing power of God's at work in me right now from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Because why? By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. It wasn't real long ago, it was last year, that a good friend of mine that I went to Bible school with uh, at Ramah, I got word and got report that this friend of mine had cancer. And this friend of mine was a good man. This friend of mine is what we would call associated with the word of faith people. You know what I mean? And he knew the truth about healing. He knew about 
you know, by his stripes I'm healed. He knew that healing belongs to us. But immediately when I got word that my good friend had cancer, and it was a severe case, I mean, when they discovered it, it was um, progressed, you know, throughout his body. When I got that word that my friend had this cancer, the word of faith man, word of faith guy, what immediately I said is, he's going to die. Thank you for getting excited. I mean, you're looking sober. But I knew, I didn't even have to have a word from God. I knew he would die. Why? Do you want to know why? You was asking me that? I thought you was going to ask me that question. And I didn't even have to have a word from God. And I'm, I'm not proud that it happened, but I mean, you can just know. I've, I've been at this thing for actually over 30 years, but you can just see. Number one, he had no fight. I knew him personally. And if you ain't got no fight, you ain't got no might. You know, if you're one that gives up quick, just go ahead and go on. And I'm not trying to encourage anybody to go on. But I just knew he didn't have a fight. Number two, oh Jesus. I knew because of where he went to church at, they didn't have no fight left in them either. They used to, but they don't now. And because of those two things, he would die. And he did. He did. He didn't live very long. But do you know what, what they would do after he was diagnosed with this? And I'd get these, you ever heard faith reports? And I believe in faith reports, don't get me wrong. Oh, the doc, come out, the doctor said everything was looking good and everything looking bad. You know, this, this is what it is. I mean, we, you know, we got it, man, everything. We got our cancer free, you know, all this kind of stuff. I said, he's going to die. You know what I mean? I wasn't going around publicly declaring it. In fact, I ain't never told nobody this. You're going to die. Because drugs can make you look good for a moment, but only God can heal your physical body. And there is a difference. And I thank God for medical science and what drugs can do for all of us. A lot of us are still around here now because of them drugs, you know. Some lotions and potions, strictly Babylon, Maybelline, whatever it is, you know. <laughs> they rub on you. <laughs> You know, and thank God for it. And we're not belittling anybody for that. When they gave the report, I just said, he's going to die. I mean, everything was going along good. They all, it was all glorious, you know, the reports were coming out and they're sending messages out to everybody. He's got it, you know, everything fine. I said, he's going to die. And it wasn't because of a word from God. I just knew that, number one, he didn't have a fight in him. And I knew him personally. I'm not glad it happened. But I knew he wasn't a fighter. If you're not a fighter... If you're not going to go for something with everything that's within you, the devil will take it away from you. In fact, one of my friends said it this way. He said, you've got to flat wear the devil out. In other words, you've got to stay there longer than he will. Because the devil's the one trying to get you to quit, trying to get you to give up. But if you've got a fight in you, the devil will get away from you. Remember? Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Remember when he was there? Before he went to the cross? Gethsemane. When he went to the cross, it says that the devil, he, the devil persistently came at Jesus. Isn't that right? But Jesus persistently came at the devil. Isn't that right? And the Bible says that the devil left him. If you'll be persistent and stand your ground, the devil will eventually leave you.
I'm not saying there won't be a battle. But most people don't want a battle. You know what I mean? And I, I'm not looking for a battle. Don't get me wrong. But I have been in a battle. I know what battles are. You know what I mean? And it seems like to me that when I'm receiving from God, sometimes things get drawn out longer than I want them to. You know what I mean? Because I want them right now. But I've also realized that I can't quit and I can't give up just because there may be symptoms or problems or circumstances or whatever it may be. I've got to stand my ground and I've got to fight. Because if I don't fight, I won't get it. So my dear friend, good friend that I went to Bible school with way back in there in 1985. So that's been a long time, man. And a good man. Good man. Faith people. Faith this. Confession, faith, everything. But I knew he just had no fight. And I knew where he went to church, they wasn't going to make him believe God. <laughs> used to would. You need to be ready to fight. You got to get mean. <laughs> you got to get mad. <laughs> Excuse me. Not at God, but at the devil. And not put up with him. If there's something persistently been poking its face up at you and grabbing a hold to you, then you've got to get more persistent than it is. Sickness and disease has been coming at you, and again, I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just telling you how this thing works. If you don't get a, a, a fight attitude about it, you're not going to receive what you should receive. Not long ago, it's been a little while, but not real long ago, within the last four or five years, I went back and I read the story of Sister Dodie Osteen. Now, you're talking about a fighting book. If you want to learn to fight, you get Sister Dodie's book on healing. That's Joel Osteen's mama. Now, I never knew uh, Reverend Joel Osteen. I, I didn't know him. He was a little kid way back yonder, and his mom and daddy would bring him to Brother Hagin's meetings. I remember that because I was an usher. I knew his dad, daddy, you know, we, his name was John Osteen, and we just called him Dad Osteen. You know, he's going on to be with Jesus right now. But uh, Joel Osteen's mama, Sister Dodie, we all called her, she got cancer. And they said she's going to die. And I believe what she had, four or five children, you know, girls and boys. And, of course, this is Pastor John Osteen's, the faith preacher's wife. And she come down with this cancer. And, I mean, it didn't look good. And so she, she met with the medical doctors. He pastored a pretty good-sized church. I mean, anything medical science could offer, it was available to her. Money was no object, you understand. Because people would have got behind her because they loved her. She's a very loving person, kind person, and still helps a lot of people today. Still kicking today. I mean, still kicking. Wiry, fiery. Fighter. Sometimes you got to get mean. <laughs> Jared, get mean. My God, get mean. <laughs> you got to get mean. You got to get mad. Not at God, not at people, but at the devil. You tell him, no, you're not. You're, I'm not backing up one inch. I don't care what you do. I'm not backing up. 
I don't care what you throw at me. I am not quitting. I'm believing the word and I'm standing on it. I'm not, I'm not cussing now. But come hell or high water, I'll be here. <laughs> That's a good country talk for city folks. I'll be right here and I ain't going to run. I'll be right here when the morning comes. Woo! Got to develop that kind of attitude. Because if you don't, the devil will take it from you. I said, the devil will take it from you. Because he comes to do what? Three things. What did Dr. Chip teach us? Steal, kill, and destroy. Three things. So we have to have that fight. And Sister Dodie Osteen, way back in the years ago, had that fight. She had that inner resolve that the devil is not going to kill me. Gritting her teeth. Read her book. She, the book's about that thick, I think, isn't it? About? If you don't know how to get it, Pastor Chip could help you. And I'm telling you, you're talking about putting some fight in you. They met with these medical doctors. Again, her, her husband, Reverend John Osteen, who was a good, very good friend to Dr. Kenneth e. Hagin. We called him Dad Hagin's the term of endearment. Faith, he'd been a Baptist preacher that, that got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues, so he became a Bapticostal. <laughs> but, uh, so he knew about faith. They knew how to believe God. They knew what to do. But there was something that she realized that if I don't fight for this, you know, you can make a confession without a fight, but you can't receive healing without a confession and a fight. You can make a confession without a fight in you, but you can't receive your healing without confession and a fight. George, you've got to believe it and say it's mine. Fighting means it's mine and I'm not going to quit. And this is it. It's the way it's going to be. I don't care what the devil says. It's mine. You ain't going to kill me. <laughs> what the devil wants to do is push you over the side and say, I'm tired. And I'm going on. That's what he wants to do. He wants to just push him, push him, push him. But if you keep pushing back, eventually the devil will leave you. And that sickness and disease will leave you. It will. There's got to be a fight. Remember my friend, good friend, and I didn't want it to happen. Known him for years, since 1985. I knew he was going to die because he had no fight. And it wasn't a word from God. I just knew his personality. you got to have a fight. So Sister Dodie was diagnosed with this disease. I mean, it didn't look good. All these little kids running around there needing a mama. And her husband needing his wife. She was a great asset to him in the ministry. And they went and talked to the doctors. The doctors offered the medical science of that day, you know, in relation to chemo and different therapies and lotions and potions and shots and whatever else they do. But she made the glorious decision because she thought about her friends, friends that she had known that accepted the medical advice and followed all the medical remedies of that day and still died. I mean, it prolonged their life for maybe a little while, but it wasn't a good quality of life. They suffered a lot in the process of trying to receive healing medically. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. Don't get me wrong. If that's what you are at, do it and do it with faith. You know what I mean? That's what I do. 
But she elected, after making these observations and thinking about it and praying about it, you know, it just, she went over and over. It wasn't just a fleeting thought. She said, I elected not to have medical remedies to bring healing in my body. I was just decided, I have decided that I'm going to stand on the Word of God and the Word of God is going to be my only medicine because medical science couldn't help any of my friends that had the same conditions that I got. Even though they went through all these things, it might have programmed, programmed, prolonged their life, prolonged their life just a little bit, but it was not a good quality of life. She said, I'm going to trust God. So when she made that decision, she called John and the children in, which would be her son, Joel Osteen today, that pastors are probably one of the largest churches in America. Called them in and told them what she was going to do. Of course, Reverend John Osteen, being her husband, said, Honey, are you sure you want to do this? You know, don't be concerned about the money. Whatever it takes, we, we'll do it. We'll pay it somehow. If we have to sell our home, we'll do it. Whatever, we'll sell our cars, ride a donkey. We don't matter. Whatever medical signs, you sure? Said people don't survive this. This is not anything to play with. And he wasn't trying to be negative. He was just trying to make sure that she wouldn't just make an emotional decision because he realized this is going to be rough. It's going to be tough on all of us. It's going to be tough on her especially. But she decided that I'm going to do it. And then they sat there, and of course they all squalled, you know, the kids and, and him and her, you know, and all that. Because you go through an emotional process when things like that. You're facing death. I mean, this thing is, I've been there at death's door with many people. More than I want to know. I say many. More than I want to know. Death's door when I couldn't do nothing for them. Nothing. And watched them step over into eternity. Of course, thank God the ones I knew went to heaven. Hallelujah. But they, they sat there with that resolve. And then she told them this. She said, from this day forward, don't you ever treat me like I'm sick or I'm an invalid. Don't you ever do anything for me that I should not be doing as a normal human being. Do you hear me? She looked at her children said, do you hear me? And pointed to each one of them. Yes, Mama. Yes, Mama. Of course, they didn't want to tell Mama that. But what she was doing is she was setting a resolve. She was drawing a line in the sand and said, Devil, you done got the wrong one now. Because I'm going to be standing here when this thing is over. And I'm not going to quit. And I'm not going to give up. And again, she would tell her children, don't treat me like an invalid. Don't treat me like I'm sick. Don't treat me like I'm dying because I'm not. I'm going to live. And I'm going to be your mama. And I'm going to be your wife talking to John, her husband. Don't treat me like I'm sick. Don't push me around in a wheelchair. She got mean. She got mad. She got the Bible. She started going through that word. I mean, if she'd have had Dr. Chip's book, oh my God, she'd have kissed him 40 times. I'm telling you the truth about it. <laughs> of course, you was involved in that book too, so I give you credit, I know. You suffered too. <laughs> <laughs> she, 
she decided, I'm going to fight. What was the difference between her and my other friend? My other friend was, he didn't have that fight. I knew he did. I knew him. He was a good man. But he didn't have no fight about him. He's a faith man, but he still didn't have no fight. You've got to be able to, what I mean fight, I'm not talking about a natural, physical thing. I'm talking about a spiritual thing. When you tell death, it cannot have you. And she took off. She would confess that word, believe that word. They would, the, the doctors that went to, they had medical doctors that went to their church that offered to treat her free. That knowed about all this. Because they had a pretty good sized church. Treat her free. She thanked them very much and I appreciate it very much. But Jesus is my healer. I have seen what medical treatment does to my friends and they still died and, and with the quality of life very low, suffering much through the process of trying to receive healing. Jesus is my healer. And she tells you, you have to read the book. I'm just hitting bits and pieces. She tells a story of, of walking the floor all night long with such excruciating pain in her body as that cancer got a hold of her organs of her body and began to pull at them and tear at them, trying to tear them out of her body and take her over. And the pain was so excruciating that she would actually get in the floor of her home and put a pillow around her face and scream at the top of her voice. All the while, in between screams, saying, By His stripes, I am healed. By His stripes, I am healed. And this went on, and it went on, and went on. And her children would come, and they would see Mama. And she would be taking clothes to put them in the washer. Hardly could move. And they'd say, Mama, don't let me do that for you. No! I told you when we started this, you don't treat me like I'm sick because I'm not. Don't you treat me like I'm dying because I'm not dying. I'm your mama and I'm going to be here. Do you hear me? Yes, mama. Yes, mama. You can imagine a daughter's broken heart from that. Our son's broken heart wanted to help mama. But mama knew this was a battle that she had to face herself. It was her own personal Goliath. It was the one that she had to stand. It was her personal bear, her personal lion. And she had to face it. Nobody else could get it for her. And she would not let them treat her like she was an invalid. Like she was dying. Ladies and gentlemen, that same Sister Dodie Osteen is alive today in Houston, Texas. And I know that had to be 35, 40 years ago. Alive, totally healthy. Yeah. She's praying for people all over that huge Lakewood church out there. Is that what they call it, Lakewood? I know that's what their daddy, I think, called one of his. But anyway, she prayed for people all the time. Sitting up there, as Granny would say, as big as Ike. <laughs> that's a good country talk for city folk. Sitting up there in the service, alive. Totally healed. Kissing them grandbabies and great-grandbabies. But she was supposed to be dead approximately 40 years ago. What did she have that my friend didn't have? I'm not knocking my friend. Don't get me wrong. 
She had a fight. She had a tenacity that I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to get in self-pity. I'm not going to let people sit around and pit, pitiful on me. I'm not going to let them do that. She wouldn't accept it. All she would accept, that's pity I'm talking about, she wouldn't accept that. All she would accept is healing. She's healed from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. Every bit of the cancer out of her body and she's totally doing wonderful today. I don't know how old she is, but I'm sure she's pushing, what, 85, 90? Don't tell her I said that. <laughs> but, I mean, she, she's on over there. We're supposed to be dead approximately 40 years ago. Don't hold me to the year, but, I mean, it's been a while. And she just fought her way through it. And come out the other side, it was a battle. But she had a fight. And there was another lady that you never met, but it was Patty's mama. Her name was Mary Frances Thornton. Let me tell you about her. Her, her, daddy, her mama's name was Mary Frances Thornton, and her daddy's name was Joseph Eugene Thornton. So her name being Mary, his name being Joseph, every year in the Christmas play, they played Mary and Joseph, and they didn't lie about it. <laughs> we used to have Christmas plays. Y'all remember that in the church? You have a manger up there and all that kind of stuff. And, acting out and all that kind of stuff and read the things out of the Bible. Actually, you couldn't read them. You had to quote them, you know. Some little kids, they'd forget their parts and they'd be whispering behind them, you know. <laughs> all that kind of stuff in, in the Christmas play. But my wife's mother, she was a fighter also. But she was, got contracted cancer. And what she did when she got this cancer she talked to me, of course, talked to Patty and everybody. She said, Randy, she said, I want you to get everything you got on healing and get it to me. I said, I will. I got her cassette tapes, the VHS. This is the day of the VHS videos. I got her them things, her brother Hagen, everything I could get my hands on. And if you went to her house, you know what she was doing? She was reading that Bible. She was watching them VHS tapes or either listening to a cassette and confessing, by his stripes, I'm healed. I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. I mean, she fought, I mean, tooth and nail, so to speak. She got mad at the devil in the name of Jesus Christ, said, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. And guess what? She was healed when she hunted. Totally. All gone, cancer out of her body. Approximately, wasn't it, five years later? Another kind of cancer came in a different place in her body and attacked her. But this time, I noticed something different about her mama. And I'm not knocking her mama. I'm just telling you how it works. I'm just what I'm telling you. You've got to have a fight in you. I noticed something about her mama the second time that was different than the first time. The first time, she was ready for Goliath. It didn't matter how big he was, she was going to whoop him. If it was nothing but a slingshot in her hand, she was going at him with a slingshot. But the second time, and the battle was so long, drawn out in the first event, and this is just my belief, I may be wrong, I don't know. By the time it came back the fifth, the five years later, different type of cancer, different part of her body, she had lost her fight. And I seen that because I went and got her 
probably twice to three times as much informational healing, the VHSs, the cassettes and everything, and I would go over there and she wouldn't be watching it. She might be watching TV, but she wouldn't do that. That's, I'm not below her for that. But I noticed that she wouldn't fight like she was before. That she wasn't standing. That she didn't have that tenacity. She didn't have that uh, fortitude to stand against this and fight against it. And so I remember she got down and she got weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. Finally they they brought in a had to get a hospital bed, you know, and put her back in the bedroom because that's that's the only way you could get her up or down or anything like this. And they put her in the hospital bed. And I remember Patty's daddy one day. I came in over there. And he come and grabbed my arm. You know, he said, Randy, come. Come and raise her up. Raise her up. You know, he was desperate, you know, desperate. He was a preacher, but he was desperate. He said, come raise her up. Because he kind of half drugged me back through the house to the bedroom where she was at, you know. And he wanted me to grab her and throw her against the wall like Smith Wigglesworth would do dead people and say, live. But I knew anything I prayed or said would be in vain because Patty's mama had already given up. And you can't make somebody get up that has given up without a miracle of God, which has to be the gifts of the Spirit operating in and through you. And I have had that happen. But in this situation, it didn't go into operation. And so, Patty's mama passed away. The first time that cancer attacked her, she lived. It lived a real good life for five years. Got to see her grandson, her only grandson, which is my son. Got to see him. And I thought that would spark something in her. I did. Because she loved him, you know how grannies do, you know. I thought that would spark something, you know, make her fight. And, and, and she did have a little fight, but not enough. And I think in the process of me just evaluating the situation, knowing her and knowing the circumstances, she just got tired. And sometimes people get tired. She got tired of fighting and just resolved that I'm going on. But I want to point this out. As long as she fought, she lived. But when she gave up, she died. But healing was still true regardless. Now, she went to heaven. And you see Paul and Granny. Y'all remember Paul and Granny Walker, don't you? <laughs> Old Paul Walker, he's the funniest thing. He's uneducated and all this stuff. He's a hard worker, you know. He, he worked hard all his life, grew up poor. Of course, he had it good in his latter life. But they put him on them uh, slim fast shakes, you know. The doctor did because he was getting a little big, you know. And he had come through the Great Depression. So to him, prosperity was having plenty to eat, wasn't it, honey? Because he went hungry a lot of times as a child. So prosperity was having plenty. If you went to Granny and Paul's house for breakfast in the morning, there'd be fried fish. 
bacon, uh, eggs, sausage, and, and biscuits. I mean them good biscuits like Granny makes too. All that's sitting out there. Because Paul equated that with prosperity. He'd sit down and sit there and eat. I remember I was sitting down there eating with him one time at the breakfast table, you know, after they'd put him on that slim fast. He said, I tell you what, Randy. I said, what is it, Paul? He said, I tell you the truth about it. He said, I can't eat all this food and drink that slim, flat, slim, slim fast too. It blows me up. <laughs> I said, Paul. I said, they don't want you to eat all this food. They want you to drink the sin fries. She said, oh, sure. That's what he'd say. Oh, sure. I ain't going to do that. <laughs> I don't eat my groceries. And he did. But he thought, you know, that slim fast was just to add on because he's going to eat his groceries. You know what I mean? <laughs> I said, Paul, that's not what they want you to do. <laughs> They want you to drink that sim flim fast and get you down and you wait some, you know. Of course, he went to heaven. So when her mama went to heaven, Paul and Granny made, met him at the gates up there, at the pearly gates. And I guarantee you, Paul had plenty of food cooked because he believed in cooking and Granny was a good cook. And she believed, I mean, anytime you went to eat at their house, they'd have so many stuff on their table. I mean, it would feed, what you say it, country talk, half an army. Because Paul equated that with prosperity. Because he went without food so much when he was young. No shoes to wear, anything like that, you know. Did he come up in the depression days? So anyway, he equated all that to, to prosperity. And I tried to you know, let him know. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to drink sin flowers, leave the fish and the bacon and all that eggs alone. <laughs> he ain't going for that. <coughs> so in the stories that I've told you so far, you see what's happened. The people that fought is the people that live. The people that get weary and, and decide to give up and quit, that's the people that went on. Listen, and, and it, there's no condemnation if people want to go on. It would mean there's nothing. That, don't mean you're going to hell or nothing like that. But if you want to live and there's something real serious wrong with you, you're going to have to fight for it. Without a miracle, you're going to have to fight for it. And we thank God for miracles. But we can't wait on the miracles because we ain't got time. We've got to get it the way the Bible says. If you remember Dad Hagen, you know, he was laying on a deathbed at 16 years old. In fact, they called the doctor in and the doctor told him because he wanted to know what was wrong with him. So they got one of the medical doctors to come and visit him because he's, he's uh, paralyzed from his waist down. Dad Hagen was at 16 years old. And they, uh, the medical science doctor came in and started talking to him, and he told him, we can. He said, Kenneth, you got this, you got this disease, you got this disease, you got this. He said, he said, but, he said, if you didn't have any of them at all, he said, this one disease that you got, it was an incurable blood condition. His blood was not like it should be. It was not the right consistency. He said, uh, he said nobody's ever lived, I think, beyond the age of 16 years old. And he said, all I can tell you is stay in the middle of the road. He was a good Baptist doctor. Stay in the middle of the road and, and be ready. And, but he said there was something inside of him. That he decided that I don't want to die. I've never really lived. I've never really run and played and had a normal childhood life because he couldn't play as a kid because he would pass out from exertion. 
he didn't have enough blood flowing through his heart. And he would just pass out. It skid, it, the teachers on the playgrounds at school, they were scared for him to let him come to, to school because he'd be out there playing with the kids and just pass out. So he never had a normal childhood. So laying there in that bed, he made the decision, I don't want to die. He didn't know what to do. But he had them bring him, bring him uh, Grandma's Bible. Y'all remember Granny Drake? They brought Granny Drake's Bible to him. That's his grandmama. And he was at Grandmama's house laying up in the bed. She, bought, he had, she had a Methodist Bible. She went to the Methodist church. And he started reading through that Methodist Bible. One day he come along. The Holy Ghost led him along. There to Mark eleven twenty four. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So he just said, does this mean healing? Does this mean healing? Can I get my healing? They gave him a ray of hope. So he asked his granny to get a preacher to come. So finally it was hard to get a preacher to come, you know. So finally one of the preachers come, and he was so uh, paralyzed by then, his speech was slurred, and you couldn't make out what he was saying, Kenneth Hagin. And he was trying to ask the preacher, does this verse here mean that I can receive my healing? Well, the preacher didn't know back in that day. We're common for us today. We got healing school today. But back then, they didn't know all these things we know. It had been lost, but God has resurrected it. Thank, thank, thankful for that. So the, the preacher just basically patted him on the hand, you know, and said, stay in the middle of the road, my boy. The time is short, and left. Because you can imagine how dark it got for him as a little boy. Nobody to give him any hope. Nobody to give him any help. So he kept thinking about that verse, and the Spirit of God kept dealing with it. He said he looked back then, because he didn't know it at the time, but he looked back as, later on, and realized it was God leading him to that verse. And then finally he meditated on the much. He said, God, does your word mean that this, my, I can receive anything? I can receive my healing? And it finally it dawned on him. It, it's got to mean that. And he said, God, he said, if this verse means what it says. He said, I'm coming up out of this bed. I am not going to die. I am not going to die. He's got incurable disease, can't live past 16. He's already over there at 16. He said, I'm not going to stay in this bed. What did you say happened to him? He got a fight. He got a resolve. He didn't just say, well, I'm going to give up. No, he didn't give up. He stayed with it. And every day he would just meditate on that word, meditate on that word. He would have ups and downs, highs and lows, just like any other human being. But one day he came to the point that faith filled him. And he spoke right out loud laying in that bed, paralyzed from his waist down. He said, God, I declare before you, before the devil, before the angels, before Jesus Christ, I believe that I am healed from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I don't care what my body says. That's fighting, isn't it? I don't care what my Bible says. And he said, if you were to come down and appear to me right now, Brother Higgins went on to say, and tell me that I don't believe that I'm healed, I would have to call you a liar, sir, because I believe that I am healed right now. I believe that I'm healed. He said, all of a sudden, a voice spoke to him and said, well, what you doing in the bed then? Well, people are not in bed at 10 o'clock in the morning. He thought, well, that's right. My God, if I'm healed, I'm getting out of this bed. 
So he finally worked around enough strength to throw the covers back because it's one of them high post beds. Y'all remember the high post? We used to have one. Ours now is not like that way. But we had a high post. He said his, his legs were like uh, chunks of stove wood you'd put in the fire, you know. They had no feeling whatsoever. So he took his left leg and he pushed it with his hands because he had a little strength in his upper body and pushed one leg off the bed. Then he got the other one, his right leg pushed off the bed and kind of got in a half laying over position. And he slid down to the end of that high post bed down there on the mattress, had the cover pulled back. He grabbed a hold of that post and put his arms around it, started climbing that post like a fireman would climbing the fire pole over here. Climbed up that post, pulled himself up, shaking and trembling, you know, because his body's not working right, there's no strength in his leg. He said, I declare by the stripes of Jesus Christ that I am healed. He said, all of a sudden, it was like somebody opened up heaven and poured out a warm bucket of honey from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, and healing came back in his body, and he started walking around the room with his arm prayed, by his stripes, I'm healed. Woo! So what happened to him? He had a fight about him. And that's what's missing in the body of Christ today. It's the fight part. It's not the knowledge part. Most people have the knowledge. Most people have the understanding. If you've been here, you've had the understanding. My Lord God, we got seven thousand scriptures. Oh, whatever back there, how many we got? A lot, he said. So it's not that uh, we don't have the knowledge. And I'm not belittling you or nobody else. But the problem in the body of Christ, and I'm saying this by the Holy Ghost, it's not the knowledge and it's not the faith in a sense, it's the fight that goes with the faith. Because there's got to be a fight in us if we're going to receive from God. And you know, you've got it in you. You know how I know? I could just see it. Well, I was talking, you going, yeah, let me. Let me at him. Where is he? My God. I'm going to tear something up. I'm just telling you, I'm going to break something. I'm just telling you right now. Because you know why you're doing that? Because the Holy Ghost is witnessing with your spirit that what I'm sharing with you is the truth and the whole truth. It's not just the knowledge of what to do. It's not just the faith part, but there's got to be a fight part that goes with the faith. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 12, fight the good fight of faith. How long do you fight it? Keep fighting. Fight till you get it. Fight till you get it. Fight till you get it. Because it's yours. It's yours. It belongs to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the power and the anointing of God that's been released. If you need healing in your body, just raise your hand right there where you're at. I'm going to pray for you. Right there, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to agree with you in prayer. Father, you said if two of us agree as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by our Father which is in heaven. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we agree together, and I agree with each one of them for their healing in the name of Jesus. I thank you that healing power is being manifested in every part of their body in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Satan, I command you to take your hands off of them, loose them, and let them go. And, Father, I thank you for the healing power of God that's flowing through them right now from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. 
And Father, we give you the glory and praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So every time you think about it from now, what you're going to say? Thank God I'm healed. I believe that I have received it. Thank God that I'm healed. So what do we need? We need faith, but we need the fight that goes with faith. We love you and appreciate you. I'm going to let our pastor preach a while. Praise God. Well, he said I could preach, so let's open up our Bibles. <laughs> I thought it was about 3.15 there, so I didn't realize it was all over, all over into the service here. So, you know, one of the things that the doctors and the people that knew Brother Hagen uh, when he was on his uh, bed of sickness, they said, we've never seen anybody with a stronger will to live. Uh, and uh, there's just something about that that, um, you know, and I thank God that uh, in my childhood, you know, I dealt with a lot of bullies. Uh, beat up a few, got beat up by several, and um, but there's just something, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I hate it when a bully wins, and the devil's the biggest bully in all the world, amen, and I just hate it if he wins at anything, amen, especially killing a, a child of God, and, um, you know, many stories Brother Hagen would tell that uh, people that were sick, uh, elderly folks, and he said, you know, you don't need to die this way, you don't need to die sick, get well, and then and then die if you want to, uh, and, uh, you know, there's just something about not letting the devil win that uh, is, is healthy for our faith. Amen. Don't ever let the devil win. Uh, you know, if it's your time, then go home well. Amen. But uh, if you're sick, get healed and then go home. Amen. And there's just, uh, uh, it's, you know, in our society, especially for years, we've been taught to be passive. And the reason why is because faith is never passive. And they try to, to get that worldly thinking uh, of being passive, you know, well, don't, don't stand up to the bullies, you know, just, you know, just be passive. And they taught you that, remember, years ago on airplanes, uh, when they'd get hijacked, just don't do anything, you know, just, just take, take your free ride to Cuba, you know. And, but after 9-11, you know, all the Bubba's rose up, said, no, we ain't doing that, you know, and they duct tape everybody that tries to do anything, you know. And, and uh, you know, it's just in, in faith, sometimes there's a fight that's necessary. The only way that you'll win is to fight. To have a strong enough will is, no, I will not yield. I will not uh, be overcome by this sickness and disease. And, uh, I mean, Brother Randy could preach, you know, it, you know, it's hard to come up after something like that and just keep on preaching, you know, just because uh, uh, that fight, you know, I, I guarantee you, if you'll learn how to fight the good fight of faith, never back down from the devil and never never yield to the devil. If you get sick, you know, anytime, I, and, and it's pretty rare that I ever get sick, I get mad. You know, I, no, I ain't putting up with this. Uh, you know, I'm a child of the living God. Uh, you know, I mean, how many scriptures did Brother Randy read? A great price was paid for you to be well. I mean, every stripe of Jesus was completely unjust. Uh, and he allowed that to happen. It wasn't, he, was no, he was nobody's victim. He chose to allow it to happen on your behalf. And, and uh, for us to just yield to the devil is really kind of belittling what Jesus had done for us. And he's done so much for us. And, uh, but, you know, there's no condemnation like Brother Randy said. But, um, you know, we, we can fight. Amen. You know, we don't fight people, but you should fight sickness and disease to your very last breath on the earth. Uh, and, um, you know, and it's just good for you. Amen. Because uh, we'll all go home someday. Amen. Uh, we should all go home well. Or it's time to go. We'll just click the light off and go home. Amen. We don't have to die of something, something falling off or, you know, something hanging on, whatever. We just uh, go home when, when it's time to go home. Amen. Well, praise God. It's, uh, 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 you get uh, cranked up listening to a message like that after a while, right? So, um but uh, it, it's time to receive an offering, amen, and uh, we're going to receive an offering for Brother Randall Greer's ministry, and uh, we thank God for what the Lord has taught him over the years, 
uh, the wisdom. And, um, you know, he, he got to travel with Brother Hagen for all those years and learn from the wisdom of Brother Hagen. You know, Brother Hagen didn't teach everything he knew in public. You know, sometimes he'd sneak around teaching some things in the back room. Uh, and uh, Brother Andy got to be in the back room many times and hear some of those things of Brother Hagen. You know, some things he just couldn't tell publicly, but he could tell in private to the ministers uh, and impart those things, that knowledge and wisdom to, to uh, some of those ministers that travel with them. And so we thank God we got uh, Brother Randall Greer here that uh, he can carry on uh, some of those things that Brother Hagen knew that, that we need to know. Amen. Uh, and uh, it's all in the word. It's nothing like he made up or anything, but uh, there's just some knowledge uh, and revelation of the word of God that, uh, you know, we need. Amen. And stir up some of that fight. You know, uh, Paul told uh, Timothy, stir it up. Sometimes you got to stir it up. Amen. And get a little fight in you. So praise God. Well, let's pray and we'll thank the Lord for today's offering. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We thank you, Father. It's a blessing to give. Father, it's an honor to give into your kingdom. And, Father, we're thankful that we have uh, the blessings, the prosperity that you've given to us that allow us to give as you instruct us. And so, Father, by faith, we give into this ministry, Father, into the ministry of Randall Greer. Father, that you call from before the foundation of the world to go teach your people faith. And so, Father, we want to participate in that ministry, to sow into that ministry, Father, a small portion of our lives, Father, through the funds that we give. And, Father, we, as we give, we thank you that with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into our bosom. We thank you for being faithful, and we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, come ahead, Mr. Jared. And uh, we'll receive the offering. And um, so Brother Randy will be heading up to uh, Gatlinburg here shortly. And um, uh, I guess uh, everything's on, on schedule, right? So the hotel said we could uh, gather together and, and um, be a little rebellious. And, of course, the state of Tennessee's opened up for the most part there. Uh, so um, we're looking forward to those services there. And, uh, and you know, there, there's just there's a different, uh, there's a different anointing, different atmosphere uh, depending on the type of service, you know, that uh, that you go to. And so, uh, you know, Brother Randy, he, he's not exactly the same person up in Gatlinburg. You know, he, he's a different person up there. So, you know, it's good. Though. Amen. So uh, if you get a chance, come up there and visit with them. Uh, we'll be go heading up there uh, here before too long. So, all right, praise God. Don't forget, if you didn't get a copy of the book, uh, you know, get a copy of, of the book that uh, we just put out there today. And, um, uh, and, Sometime, you know, we're not going to do it today, but sometime, if you really want me to sign it, you know, I'll be glad to sign it. Uh, not today, you know. We'll have a, a book signing thing with a little tip jar there, and you can, you know, do that if you want to. So, <laughs> so but you all be blessed. Have a wonderful week, Lord, in your